welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. Today is the day that we take and we honor the, the one human who is probably the most unselfish person in our life. Mom. Moms are the, one of the most unselfish people in our life. If moms were like teenage boys, and mine aren't in here so I could talk about them, <laughs> how much would get done? Moms are selfless. Do I need to say more? No. <laughs> if moms were like dads, how much would get done? Moms are selfless. Moms take care of themselves, and moms take care of their husbands, and moms take care of their kids, and moms take care of all of everybody else's kid that's around their kid when they're all together, and moms take care of the kid across the room that has a problem. Moms are just taking care of everything. Moms take care of it all. And so moms are selfless, and they often do it without asking for anything in return. If your life has been blessed by a godly mother, then you should rejoice today because you have one of Earth's greatest treasures in your life, a mom. Not everybody has this great same blessing in their life. Some are remembering their moms today, and I pray that you have a great memory of who your mom was and what she represented to you and how she deeply impacted your life Remember the loving moments that you had with your mom, because today is the day to honor all of our moms. The majority of our moms deserve honor. They truly are the VIPs of our life. Abraham Lincoln declared, no man is poor who has a godly mother. It's a true statement. There's a Spanish proverb that reads, an ounce of mother is worth a ton of preacher. So if you have a mom today, you're further ahead than being at church and hearing a preacher. But I'm glad you're here today to hear the word of God. Someone else said, the instructions received at a mother's knee are never erased entirely from the soul. Sometimes as a mom, maybe you feel like you've taught a lesson to your child and then you watch them grow up and it feels like that lesson is long gone. Know that the lessons taught to children is like oil placed in a vessel. There was always a residue that remains. No matter how much you try to dump it out, there's always a residue of what you have taught and placed into their lives. And so teach them how to be godly and teach them how to be wholesome and teach them how to serve God. Amen? And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning as we look at a portrait of a godly mother. A portrait of a godly mother. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Exodus chapter 2. And we're going to read the first 10 verses. Exodus 2, 1 through 10. This story will jump out to you as we begin to read it. And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. 
And when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God today. You know this story as the beginning of the story in the life of... Moses. The baby was Moses. In this passage, we are not just introduced to Moses, but we are introduced to a woman who we learn later in Scripture. Her name is Jochebed. She stands out as one of the greatest mothers revealed to us in the pages of Scripture. Her selfless love and sacrifice made possible the exodus of God's people. Stop and think about the impact of one mom. She literally changed the course of Israel's history. Let's note the char- characteristics in, in Jochebed that stand as reminders to us and to all moms. It teaches us how moms should be. It lets us know what it's like to be the portrait of a godly mother. Jochebed was an Israelite. She was one of God's chosen people. She was also a member of the tribe of Levi. At this point in time, she didn't realize it, but she was a part of the tribe that was going to do the service of the tabernacle and the temple. She was going to be a part of, or she was a part of, the beginning of a tribe of people who were dedicated to serving God. These are some of the credentials about Jochebed. She and her husband Amram were evidently very dedicated and religious people. They were willing to defy the orders of Pharaoh and to keep the commandments of God. Because of their willingness to serve God in every situation, they changed the course of history. Every mother needs a relationship with the Lord. And may I say that every child deserves a mother who is sold out to God, who has been saved from their sins, who is living a life of righteousness before God. Every child deserves a dedicated mother. Nothing would make more difference in the lives of our children than having dedicated moms. Moms who have consecrated their life to God. We may have educated moms, which is great, 
We may have strong moms, which is great. We may have moms that have great accomplishments in this life and in this world, and those things carry their merit. But there is nothing greater than having a mother who is sold out in their relationship with God. They change the course of history in their family. Moms can lead families out of bondage. Nobody prays like a mom prays. Nobody is faithful like a mom can be faithful. Nobody, again, is as selfless as a mom is selfless. Not only do we need good moms who are in love with Jesus, but since we're on the subject, there's a truth that everybody needs to be in love with Jesus. Not just moms, but dads, men, women, young people, children. All of us need to fall in love with Jesus Christ. More than we need the next breath that we breathe, more than we need the next heartbeat that pumps inside of our chest, we need Jesus and we need his salvation. Acts 4 and 12 tells us, neither is there salvation in any other. <coughs> For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. John 3, 3 through 6, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he says, Most surely I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto them, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born a baby? Be born again? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and we're here, in the flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit, capital S, is Spirit. We must be born of the water and the Spirit. We're born of the water when we go down in the water of baptism. We're born of the Spirit when we have that Acts chapter 2 experience where the presence of God and the Spirit of God fills us. We look a little bit at the credentials of Jochebed. Let's look a little bit at the courage of Jochebed. In Exodus 1 and 22, we find the decree from Pharaoh. So Pharaoh commands all of his people, saying, Every son who is born, you shall cast into the river. And every daughter, you shall save alive. Moses' mom refused to give into a godless system. A system that required her to kill her son. I pray today that God gives us moms who refuse to give into the system. Give us moms who will stand in the face of the darkness of our society, in the unrighteous ways of our world today, in sinful days that we live in. Give us righteous moms. Give us bold moms. Give us women moms who will look in the face of this society and its rules and its mandates and its pleasures and say, no, we will not give in. We will not kill our children 
for our own pleasure. We will not kill our children for our own convenience. We will not kill our children at the mandates of this world. But we will let that child grow. We will honor that child. We will bless that child. And we will do and make whatever decision we have to make so that that child will have an opportunity to grow into the person that God designed them to be. We live in a world today. You may think I'm going political, but this isn't politics. This is biblical morality. We live in a world today that's arguing over a word called vitality. Did you know it's the it's an answer, but it's not the right answer for the question. The question is the question the world is asking. Let me put it in context. The question the world is asking is when is it okay to take the life of an unborn child? And they're trying to define that around the word called vitality. When does life begin? It's the wrong answer to the question. It doesn't matter when life begins. The answer to the question is, when does this thing have value? Where does value come from? Value isn't found on a date. Value isn't measured in months or weeks or days or seconds or moments. Value is based upon its creator and the designer. And the moment of design is the moment of value. Even before there is a child, even before a conception happens, there is a master creator, a designer who has already put in place a design and an idea, and that is when value starts, and that is of the most importance. We need moms who will stand up, not for a date, not for a time frame, not for a point in a time scale. But we need moms to stand up and say, there is value. No matter the circumstance, no matter the, the horrible story that may have come about, about when something would have happened, there is still value. Maybe the greatest opportunity for this child is in a different home or a different situation or different surroundings. But there is a value that I should look to and I should cherish and I should uphold. It wasn't easy for Moses' mother to lay Moses in an ark and shove him off into the Nile River. If Moses' mother would have had her option, she'd have kept him at home. And she did for as long as she could. But something happens when a baby gets a few weeks old and a month or so old and they find their vocal cords and they begin to cry and they begin to wail and they begin to scream. You can't really hide a screaming baby.
And what complicates the matter is there's a decree that's come down from Pharaoh that says every male child must be cast into the Nile River. I am going to give credit to Moses' mom this morning for being creative. How many moms just took and threw their baby in the Nile River? What a tragic, horrible thought to think. But Moses' mom said, look, I'll put you in the Nile River, but you're going in an ark in the Nile River. What would happen if moms decided, I can't keep you under my wing your entire life, but I'm going to make sure you're in the ark before I release you into this world. I'm going to make sure I build something that holds you and cradles you and securely keeps the world out of you. I'm going to build it with bulrushes and I'm going to put tar on the inside and on the outside so that it's leak-proof and, and it's going to help you survive worldliness. What happens if our moms teach a morality to our children that will stand in the face of the darkness of this world? What happens if moms will do these things to lead their children? It takes courage. We need moms who be like Joshua was in Joshua 24 and 15. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Moms with incredible courage. A little boy was asked... Excuse me, a little boy asked his parents, Mom and Dad, can you tell me what, it, what a Christian is? What's a Christian? His mom and dad set him down and they began to explain to him what it means to be a Christian. And they took him probably longer than a little child would expect for an answer but they went into great detail explaining to him over and over again and, and the full understanding of what it means to be a Christian and they talked about how they were Christians and how they lived in a Christian home and how their friends were Christians and that went through the whole explanation of what it means to be a Christian thinking they'd done a fairly good job they stopped talking and realized very quickly with their son's follow-up question that maybe they hadn't done the best job because their son followed up with the, well, have I ever met one? Christianity is more than an intellectual thing that we are engaged in. Christianity is more than a thing we do on Sundays or Wednesdays or some day of the week. Christianity is, is more than a coat that we wear on certain days and hang in the closet the rest of the time. Christianity is an identity for us. Christianity takes courage. Christianity says that I will stand up for God no matter what. We need our children to look at us and say, you are a Christian. One of the greatest testimonies your child could ever say is, my mom was the best Christian I ever saw. We've talked about credentials and courage. Let's talk a little bit about Jacobed's confidence. And by 
confidence today, I refer to faith. Jochebed was a woman motivated, motivated by a strong faith in the will of a sovereign God. Her faith was so strong that she was named, along with her husband, to God's hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Did you know it takes Jochebed-type faith to survive in our world today? I want to look at just a few things that having faith like Jochebed will help you do in this world. First, it will help you resist the world. The world's crying out for death to her son, but, her, but as a mother, she stood strong in the face of this attack. She placed her son above the will of the world. She placed him in the will of God. This world may have a design for our children. Correct that statement. This world does have a design for our children. That design is based upon the evil works of this world. This world wants your child to become addicted to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. This world and its master seek out to kill and to destroy. But there is a more righteous way. There is a more wholesome way. There is a blessed way that our children can live and grow. And this is by placing them in the will of God. The world demands that parents hand their children over and allow them to be trained and taught the ways of the world. But our children deserve better than what this world offers. Our children deserve more than confusion. Our children deserve more than hurt. Our children deserve more than chaos. Our children deserve more than disappointment. Our children deserve more than let down and frustration and stress. Our children deserve to know the ways of peace. Our children deserve joy unspeakable and full of glory. Our children deserve to know a God who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Our children should not experience abandonment. But they should experience closeness and nearness and love that's unexplainable to them. We need parents. And since it's Mother's Day, we need moms. Who will teach their children the ways of God and steer them clear, protect them from, guard the innocence of their child from all the world's devices and its ideas. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 to 22. My son, keep your father's command. It's a good idea. And do not forsake the law of your mother. How many knows your, your father had some commands in your house? Dad's kind of made some commands. Don't forget, mom has mom's law too. And mom's law is real. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. You see the power of mom? 
The power of mom is she can keep you. She can guard you. She can lead you. Moms make a huge difference. And it takes faith in moms to believe that if I speak this truth to my child, it is a grain of seed that will be planted in their soul and it will grow in them. This is courage. This is courage for moms to speak in boldness to their children, resisting the world and planting in them godliness. It takes mom faith to release our children. It takes faith to place a child in the river. The same instrument that was being used to destroy other babies. And it takes faith for this mom to take her hands off the life of her child and leave that child in the will of God. It takes faith for us to let our children go in this world today. That day is coming. We have one graduating next week. That means it's closer than I thought. It always is. When children become young adults, my wife made a statement several years ago and it's stuck with me and kind of become a motto in our home, is we're not raising our children. We're raising adults. Man, I wish this world would grab a hold of that idea that we're not raising children. We're raising adults. That way when they fly the nest or leave the den, they're not leaving as a child any longer. They're leaving as an adult. How much different would our world be if, if those people who no longer live with their mom and dads were adults? I know it makes our brains explode thinking about the possibilities. When I talk about we have to give them up to be adults, I don't mean that we have to stop praying for them or that we turn them over and let them go and, and no longer reach for them. No, a mom prays from the day you're born, from before you're born, until there's no more prayer to pray, no more time left in their life to pray. Moms are always praying. Matter of fact, it's the prayers of moms that keep adults out of trouble. It's the prayers of moms that release angels to guard us and to protect us and to care for us. So we must release our children and we must have faith, confidence to raise our children. After Moses had been brought to Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam and, and Jochebed were able to work things out where Jochebed became the nurse of her own son and then got paid for it. I don't know if you ever thought about this story. That's part of the story of Moses. I'm going to use this word in context of this story. The other Israelite mothers who were faithless, who lacked the courage to do what Jochebed did, who just gave in to the system and threw their babies in the river, they missed it. They missed a blessing that God could bring into their life. 
because Jochebed had faith and confidence in God, rather than sitting in her home weeping, mournful over the loss of a child, God said, I'll pay you to raise your own kid. I will pay you to raise your son who Pharaoh said to kill. There is something about the reward of faithfulness to God. There is something about being bold and courageous in doing what God calls us to do. Jochebed took her son, brought him home to nurse him until he became of age and then released him back into the life of Pharaoh's daughter. She was willing to sing to him the songs of the Israelites. She was willing to tell him the stories of the Israelites. She was able to teach him their law and their custom and their moral code and their belief system. She built a foundation in Moses before he was released back into Pharaoh's control. Mom, you have the ability to establish a firm foundation in your children. Raise your children to know God and to love God. Raise your children to love the Word of God. Raise your children to love the teaching, the preaching of the Word of God. Raise your children to love church. Present to your children godly examples that they can emulate. Let your children know what it's like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let your children say, you were the greatest Christian they ever saw. Then, then they will have a foundation that they can grow from and they can mature from. And they too can become a disciple of Jesus Christ. We continue looking at Jochebed. We've looked at her credentials, her courage, her confidence. Let's look here quickly at her charity. This refers to the wonderful way in which she gave out of her life. Jochebed gave of herself. She poured out her life into the life of her son. And isn't that what every mom does for their child? Gives of themselves? Their sleep? Their energy? Their sanity? What's the most stressful thing in your life? Raising my children. Moms pour out everything for their families. It's important that children should honor their mothers. Exodus 20 and 12 says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There's two applications to that verse of Scripture. There's the practical application. Obey mom law and live long. Disobey mom law and die young. Some moms have made the statement, maybe yours said it, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it. (laughs) 
The other application is a spiritual application, and it's a promise from God that says if you'll honor your mother, that God will prolong your days. In a very spiritual sense, our Heavenly Father is doing for us. He's honored because we honor our mothers. He prolongs our life. God gave himself for sinful man. God gave heaven's best for the earth's worst to prolong our days. Jesus came and died for our sins at Calvary. And this was the greatest expression of giving that we could ever understand. He loved us so much that he gave himself for us. Romans 5, 6-9 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we should be saved from the wrath, from wrath through him. Jochebed gave her son for Israel. She didn't realize the spiritual implications of what was happening when she placed Moses in an ark in a river. But God was working in the plan. God was taking the faithfulness and the courage and the boldness of this mother and he was multiplying it in the spiritual world. God was taking Moses out of the hands of Jacobed and placing him into his destiny. We see that God himself became that example to us. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God took on flesh so that he could fulfill the requirement of Hebrews that says there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. God said, I'll take on flesh and blood, and then the, blood, the flesh and blood that I wear, I will sacrifice it so that you can be saved. God gave his child so that we could be redeemed. What a beautiful example of love, of charity given to us. And we see in the life of Jacobed her compensation. Her son became a great man of God. He was the one man whom God had chosen to become the deliverer of the people of Israel. The one who was destined to be known as the great lawgiver of Israel. Stop and think about who Moses became. It's one thing to be the person chosen to bring the Israelites out of bondage. I think that's a lifetime achievement award in and of itself. The deliverer. 
But Moses did more than that. He led the Israelites through the wilderness. Through all of their crankiness, all of their backbiting, all of their crying and belly aching. It's terrible out here. I'd rather go back and be a slave. No, we're not going back. We're moving forward. He become the lawgiver. Where do these ideas of, you know, we have laws on the books today that say you shouldn't kill people. We have laws on the books today that says you shouldn't commit grand larceny. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't be a thief. Where does, where does this law come from? Where does these ideas come from? They come from God. Moses wasn't just creating a law for the people of Israel. Moses was communicating to all of humanity the expectations of God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven image. Honor your father and mother. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't lie. Honor the Sabbath. Don't covet. Not only was he a deliverer, not only was he an incredible leader, now he's the lawgiver. And we also learn from Moses more than just what it means to be a leader, but he puts in practice leadership traits and skills. It was God who gave direction to Moses that he should set up a, a hierarchy, if we could use that terminology today, where you would have rulers over tens, and then you'd have a ruler over those tens of tens, and you'd have rulers over the tens of tens of tens. All because a mom said, I refuse to give my child to the world. Parents, you never know who you're raising. Maybe you're raising a Hannah. Or maybe you're raising a Mary. Or maybe you're raising an Apostle Peter. Or a missionary named Paul. You never know who it is you're raising. So therefore we should give them the very best that we have to give them. We should lead them into all of the promises that God has laid out for them. We should give them the foundation that allows them to be everything that God designed them to be. Because His design is their value and their greatest contribution to life will be when they live out the value of their design. Often parents think they've been successful when a child finishes some benchmark in life. A child finishes high school or a child finishes college or a child obtains that position of, of prestige or employment that they've always been looking for. This child has some level of success in life and, and we look at those and we think, well, that's the point that I can release. That's the point that I don't have to care. No, no. We're parents. Moms, we're eternally attached to our children. It doesn't matter how great their success is 
or how impactful their failure is, moms never quit. Moms never let go. And one of the greatest pleasures of being a mom is when you see your child living for and in the love of God. Then you know your child is successful. It's better to raise a child that has none of this world's goods, successes, fame, or fortune, but who is a disciple of Jesus Christ, than to raise a multimillionaire with accolades galore who misses out on eternity. True success is measured on God's scale, not on the world's scale. So moms, set your children up for success. You can stand with me this morning. Jochebed stands even after years and years and years as a true portrait to us of a godly mother. If we look at her characteristics as they were a mirror and we reflect what it is we've done in our lives. Do we see the characteristics of Jacobed in our lives? Are we leading our children? Are we giving our children? Are we loving our children? Are we setting them up for the greatest of successes? When your child looks at the portrait of a godly mother, will it be a picture of some lady from the Bible? Or will it be your face? Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.